I'm going to invite you to go with me in your Bible to the first book of Samuel. We're going to begin reading there tonight. Praise God. I'm going to speak tonight about the biblical perspective on the coronavirus. Voy a hablar esta noche sobre la perspectiva divina sobre el virus corona. Creo que es importante como creyentes tener la perspectiva de Dios. It is important as believers that we have a divine perspective. And so as we come to the word of God tonight, I'm going to invite you to uh, get on the same page of God's word and understand from God's perspective what's going on in our world. So what I want you to do is I want you to find a place to sit comfortably. Go ahead and do that. Take your Bible and open it to 1 Samuel. We're going to begin there. We're not going to stay there all night, but we're going to begin there. And we're going to study the scriptures together right where you are. I also want you to decide already not to get distracted. All right, stay tuned to what God wants to say to our hearts tonight. And the word of the Lord reads in uh, first, um, pardon, first Samuel chapter 3 and verse 10. <clears throat> then the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day I will carry out against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. I want you just to think about those words tonight. God says, I am doing something in Israel. And I believe tonight God is saying, I am doing something in the world. It's our job to be like that little boy Samuel and say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Would you bow your head with me? Father, we thank you for your word, which is eternal and inspired and is relevant to this moment and this day in our life. And I ask that you would speak to us by the power of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to, first of all, thank all of you who were part of our drive-in service. And we want to invite you to be back on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the parking lot of Kingsway Church for our drive-in service. We have actually saved you a spot, all right? We want you to come and worship with us. I know there is a great hunger in our world. Uh, there is a need for hope. People are looking for answers and I'm going to tell you where the answers are. The answers are in the Word of God, and they're in the uh, presence of God. So come to church on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Bring your family. You can sit in your car, and in the safety of your car, you can hear the Word of God. You can enjoy the worship service and be a part of this experience uh, together. We understand there are some things going on in our world that are significant. There are critical moments for our world but they are not greater than the God that we serve. And so tonight, I just want to remind you that uh, to everything in life, there are two levels at which you and I can look at it. Uh, para todo en la vida, hay dos niveles en lo cual usted y yo lo podemos ver. Uh, there is the natural level and the spiritual level. Está el nivel natural y el nivel espiritual. And uh, right now in the natural world, there is a great uh, pandemic. En el mundo natural hay una gran enfermedad. Uh, we call it or known as the coronavirus. Lo conocemos como el virus corona, COVID-19. And uh, this is something that has alarmed the world. It's scared many people. It's brought panic uh, to our nation, to our cities and our communities. Esto ha traído uh, alarma, ha traído temor. Uh, miedo y también pánico a nuestras comunidades. Uh, but it is important to understand that while this is a natural reality, mientras esto es una natural, uh, una realidad natural, también existe una uh, realidad espiritual. Uh, above all of that is a spiritual reality. Now in the natural, I hope and uh, I believe all of you have taken 
every precaution that you can uh, by uh, preventing this virus from its spread. En lo natural, yo espero que usted haya tomado toda la precaución que usted pueda para prevenir uh, el desparrame de esta enfermedad. And uh, for those of you who are uh, in in uh, that age group that you've heard all about uh, or those who have uh, conditions that are underlying in your health that you might be concerned about, uh, do everything you can in the natural to keep yourself safe. Para ustedes que están preocupados, quizá caben en esa edad o en ese grupo de personas que tienen alguna necesidad física a la cual puede traer mayor problema este este virus entonces para ustedes les animo a tomar toda la prevención en lo natural take every prevention step you can in the natural but don't leave out the supernatural and the spiritual from your plan no deje fuera de su plan a lo natural es importante pero no deje fuera lo supernatural lo espiritual because here's the facts the spiritual world is going to long outlive the natural world. El mundo espiritual va a sobrevivir el mundo natural y esto por largo plazo. In the Bible, we understand that the natural is temporal and passing away. La Biblia nos enseña que lo natural es temporal y está pasando. Pero lo espiritual es eterno. But the spiritual is eternal. It is going to be now, forever, and you and I are a natural being. We have a body. Uh, you and I have a natural body that exists in the natural world. Usted y yo somos naturales. Tenemos un cuerpo natural, el cual vive y existe en este mundo, pero también y mayor que eso somos espíritu. Now, greater than that is the fact that you and I are a spirit. Now, I want everybody where you are to say, I am a spirit. Todos los que estén oyendo digan, yo soy espíritu. Say it again, I am a spirit. This is very important for you to understand because you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. Usted es un espíritu, tiene un alma y vive en un cuerpo. Now they can destroy the body, but the spirit lives on forever. Usted puede ver que el cuerpo sea destruido, pero el alma, el espíritu vive Para siempre. That's the part we must be most concerned about. Esa es la parte que debemos estar más interesados en entender. Because, friend, you're going to live forever somewhere. Either you're going to live forever in the presence of God, or you're going to live forever separated from the presence of God in the place the Bible calls hell. La Biblia nos enseña que vamos a vivir para siempre en algún lugar. O vamos a vivir eternamente en la presencia de Dios. O eternamente separados de la presencia de Dios. And so your spiritual life is very, very important and valuable to God. Tu vida espiritual es muy importante y tiene mucho valor para Dios. In fact, Jesus said this. He said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul. Jesús dijo esto, que aprovechará el hombre si él gana todo el mundo y pierde su alma. Listen friends, what will it profit you to survive the, the coronavirus crisis and at the end of your days lose your soul because you haven't made things right with God. You see your spirit, your eternal part of you is vastly more important and that's the part God is interested in above all esa la parte la parte espiritual la cual Dios quiere más que nada now I told you there are some spiritual there are some natural things you can do to prevent the coronavirus hay cosas naturales que usted puede hacer para prevención pero también hay cosas espirituales que son muy importantes. But there are also spiritual things that are just as important, more important. One of them is that you need to stay in faith. Una de ellas es que usted tiene que mantenerse en la fe. 
Listen, everybody right now is looking for uh, disinfectant and they're looking for wipes and they're looking for different things they can find to keep their hands clean and, uh, and doing all the preventative measures. Can I just tell you something? When you go out and you get whatever you need to get, don't forget to get some faith. All right, because faith is the essential thing. Usted cuando vaya a saliendo a comprar las cosas que usted necesita para, para prevención, no se le olvide, yo necesito la fe. The Bible tells us how important faith is. Without it, we can't please God. Sin la fe es imposible agradar a Dios. Just think about that. Impossible to please God without faith. Es imposible agradar a Dios sin fe. And so if you have all the disinfectant in the world but you don't have faith, you can't please God. Si usted tiene todas las químicas para desinfectar, pero no tiene a la fe no puede placer a Dios. You might even have a vaccine for the coronavirus, but friend, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is where the victory is. Es la fe la cual produce la victoria. You say, Pastor, how do I get some faith? Now, you already know the answer to that if you're a member of Kingsway Church. How do we get some faith? We get it by hearing the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. ¿Cómo es que recibimos fe? La fe viene por el oír y el oír por la palabra de Dios. What am I doing right now? I'm giving you the spiritual items you need in your toolbox. Not just for this crisis, but for every crisis in your life. Ahorita yo le estoy dando la herramienta que usted necesita, no para esta crisis solamente, sino para todas las crisis que van a ocurrir en su vida. Faith touches everything in your life. La fe toca todo aspecto de tu vida espiritual. So listen, instead of listening to so much of the media and they're talking about coronavirus and what's on Facebook and what's on Twitter, you need to get in the Word of God. You need to study the Scriptures. You need to understand what's God saying because it's faith that produces uh, uh, the victory in your life. Es la fe que produce la victoria en tu vida. Así que vete a la palabra en vez de andar buscando Facebook y lo demás para qué están diciendo, qué es lo más reciente, qué es lo más, uh, lo más que se oye. Usted vaya y busque a alguien que le vaya a enseñar la palabra de Dios. Listen what the Bible says. The Bible says whatever is not of faith is sin. Dice la escritura que lo que no es de la fe es pecado. That's how important faith is. Eso es tan importante para que usted y yo entendamos que lo que no es de la fe es pecado. Listen, friend, if you're operating in fear tonight, I want to just encourage you to get into faith. Si usted esta noche está operando en el temor, le quiero animar a moverse hacia la fe. Porque es la fe la cual produce la victoria en tu vida espiritual y tu vida natural. It's faith that produces victory in your life. And here's what happens. When you bring faith out of the spiritual realm, it touches the natural realm. Cuando usted recibe fe en el, en el, en el, en el, um, en el nivel espiritual, eso toca el nivel natural. Y eso es uh, tan importante reconocer. Another one of the things you need to be active in in your spiritual life is prayer. Otra de las cosas que usted necesita en su vida espiritual es la oración. Porque a través de la oración usted está combatiendo contra las, uh, la estrategia del enemigo. Again, through prayer, you and I are fighting against this plague. We are fighting against the strategies of the enemy against our nation and the nations of the world. We're fighting against the powers of darkness and sin that are around us. A través de la fe, estamos haciendo guerra espiritual. A lot of people are in despair right now. They're hopeless right now. But you and I are not because we have prayer. And listen, friends, as long as you have prayer, you have a line to God. And as long as you have a line to God, you have a line for answers. You have a line for miracles. You have a line for deliverance. Say amen, somebody. You have an opportunity as long as you can pray to get an answer to your prayer and deliverance in whatever circumstance of your life. Mientras usted tenga la oración. Usted tiene línea de comunicación a Dios y esa línea es poder para producir milagros en su vida. I believe God answers prayer. I've seen God answer prayer in my life and I, I believe we're going to see God answer prayer in America in this crisis. Yo creo que Dios responde a la oración. Lo he visto. Oír mis oraciones. 
Y yo sé que él va a oír la oración de la, de la iglesia en esta oportunidad. I am convinced that America is going to be delivered from the coronavirus by the power of a praying church. Yo estoy convencido que esta nación será rescatada de el poder de este virus a través del poder de una iglesia orando. There is a power that is more great, that is stronger than the coronavirus on the, on the earth today. And it is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hay una fuerza mayor que el virus en el mundo hoy. Y esa fuerza es la iglesia del Señor Jesucristo. Now I know you and I uh, might feel like, well I can't go to church right now. Well, friend, you may not be able to come into the church house right now, but you had better not stop praying. Usted, aunque no pueda llegar a la casa de Dios, no pare de orar. No se detenga la oración. You can't stop praying because praying is what, is what produces that covering over your life. La oración la cual está produciendo esa cobertura sobre tu vida. Now let me just mention one more thing. This is just my introduction. All right? I haven't gotten to Samuel yet. I'm going to get there in a minute. But I want to give you the spiritual tools that you need. Quiero darle la herramienta espiritual. Porque si usted se, se va de la casa sin ellas, no va a ganar esta guerra. If you leave home without these things, you're not going to win in this battle. And here's the third one, is don't stop sowing. No pare de sembrar. You say, Pastor, haven't you heard what's going on in the economy? Haven't you heard what's going on in the world? Yes, I know. But here's what the Bible tells us. That when you tithe, God says, I will rebuke the devourer from your sake. What was the devourer? The devourer was a plague of, uh, that would come upon the land and destroy the harvest. Listen. God has already given you the solution for how to survive every crisis. And that is to sow seed into good soil. And let me just encourage you with this. Many of you, part of Kingsway Church, and many of you listening who aren't a part of this church, but you've operated in the spiritual principle of tithing and sowing and giving, you are already way ahead of the curve, friend. God's got your back tonight because he's already, you've already committed to him. And you've already been in your lifestyle putting God first in your finances. So you can expect God to bring you through this financial crisis and everyone that might come in your lifetime. Because you are a tither and a giver. Say amen, somebody. Si usted es diezmador, es dador, usted tiene que entender Dios ya anticipó esto para su vida y él lo va a ver hacia la victoria. The Bible said that Isaac sowed in the time of famine and he received a hundredfold. Now only God can do that. Dice la escritura que Isaac sembró en tiempo de sequía y Dios le dio cien veces lo que él había sembrado. Ese es la, el poder de Dios y la promesa de Dios. Uh, that's God's promise to you tonight. And I really feel like the Lord's been saying that to me this week. It's just to remind you that uh, because you've sown, He's going to provide. Porque usted ha sembrado, usted va a cosechar. So don't get into fear about your finances. Get into faith. Say amen, somebody. Usted no entre al temor sobre sus finanzas. Entre a la fe. Dios va a producir lo que usted necesita. God will provide what you need. Now, since we are a spiritual being, and since there is a spiritual reality, then we need to understand what's going on in America and what's going on in the world with the coronavirus in the spiritual sense. What is the biblical perspective on this situation? ¿Cuál es la situación Bíblica, la perspectiva espiritual que debemos tener sobre esta virus. Well, look at 1 Samuel. Vamos a ver primera de Samuel, capítulo 3. Chapter 3 of 1 Samuel begins like this. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli. Here you have a little boy. He's being raised in the tabernacle. That's the, the temple of the Old Testament prior to the building of the temple. He's being raised in the tabernacle. And he sleeps near the holy place. This, this little boy is growing up next to the Ark of the Covenant. This is an incredible experience for him. Este niño Samuel está creciendo y está viviendo al lado del, en el tabernáculo y él duerme cerca del Arca del Pacto. How would you like to sleep tonight next to the Ark of the Covenant? 
¿Cómo le gustaría a usted esta noche dormir cerca del arca del pacto? Well, I don't, uh, that might sound like a good idea to you, but to me, I think, no, if I roll over and touch the thing, I might die. So I'll just stay as far away from that as I can. But what I want you to understand is this. The ark of the covenant represents Jesus. Amen, somebody. And so tonight you can sleep right next to Jesus. Amen, somebody. He is the ark of the covenant. Samuel is living right there next to the ark of the covenant. And you and I can live like Samuel right next to the presence of God. In fact, the spirit of God dwells within us. Amen, somebody. This is spiritual reality in your life. But around him... There is a different picture. A su alrededor hay un retrato distinto. The Bible says, And the word of the Lord was rare, and visions were infrequent in those days. Dice la Escritura que la palabra de Dios era rara, y había poca visión en esos días. Now there are three things that the Holy Spirit points out in the days of Samuel that give us a, a spiritual picture of the nation of Israel. Aquí el Espíritu Santo nos da tres detalles que nos enseñan el, el retrato uh, físico, uh, perdón, espiritual de la nación de Israel. First of all, it says the word of the Lord was rare. Dice que la palabra de Jehová era poca. That means, that, it doesn't mean God wasn't speaking. Esto no significa que Dios no estaba hablando. God is a communicator. He's always speaking. But no one, not always are people listening. Dios siempre está comunicando, pero no siempre estamos escuchando. So why was the word rare? Because the, the, the eldership of Israel wasn't listening. Uh, estaba, era la palabra rara porque el pueblo de Israel no estaba, uh, perdón, los líderes espirituales de Israel no estaban escuchando. And then we're told that the word was infrequent. Uh, that means that when, when the priest stood up to speak, rarely was he speaking the oracles of God. Cuando el sacerdote se levantaba a predicar, a muy pocas veces, él hablaba lo que Dios estaba diciendo. And I just want to get you to see something with me tonight. When I give you these three points about the spiritual nature of the nation of Israel, I'm actually giving you a similar picture to where America is right now. Este es un retrato similar a donde están los Estados Unidos ahora. There are a lot of pastors who go to the pulpit and preach sermons that they found on, on the internet or that they found in a textbook or that they put together because of, um, you know, the, the old-fashioned three points in a poem type of strategy of preaching. And friends, what America needs tonight and what America needs in this generation is not three points in a poem. America needs to hear the oracles of God to know what does thus saith the Lord. And when you are in a place, listen, if you have a pastor who when you hear the word of God coming from that pastor, you know, you sense that word was from God for me. I would encourage you to be in every single service where the man of God or woman of God is speaking because that word is for you. But that isn't the case everywhere. And, and there was a rare word and then there was a rare vision. Poca visión, that's the next thing. There was no spiritual vision. No había visión espiritual. There was no ability to see what God was seeing and what the future of the nation was. No se miraba en la visión, la perspectiva, lo que Dios miraba, lo que uh, venía para la nación. And then if you look down a little ways, you see that the Bible said that the lamp of God, this is in verse 3, the lamp of God was going out in the temple. El verso 3, estaba apagando la luz, la lámpara en el templo. Three things. No word, no vision, no fire. No había palabra, no había visión, no había fuego. That can mean a lot of things. No fire means no passion, no zeal for God, and no anointing. No había visión, no había palabra, y no había fuego. No había en ese fuego, representa la unción del Espíritu Santo. Representa la, el fervor y la pasión de los hijos de Dios. And friends, that's where America's been for a long time. Now, I'm not talking about America outside of the church. I'm talking about America in the church. 
Esta es la situación para muchos en esta nación, en la iglesia. No word, no vision, no fire. No hay palabra, no hay visión, no hay fuego. And that's a terrible and dangerous place to be. Es un lugar muy peligroso donde estar. Now, in the middle of that, there's hope. En medio de esto, hay, un, hay una esperanza. And that is that God begins to speak to a little boy. Dios comienza a hablar a un niño. Y cuando él habla, el niño no lo entiende. When he begins to speak to the little boy, he calls him out. He says, Samuel, Samuel. And three times he calls him. And Samuel does not understand that this is God speaking. He actually thought it was the high priest calling him. Samuel pensó que este era el sacerdote llamándole. Él no entendía que era la voz audible de Dios. He didn't understand that he was actually hearing the voice of God. But God was trying to get his attention and eventually would get his attention. God always gets our attention. Okay, listen. When God wants your attention, he's going to get it. Cuando Dios quiere tu atención, él la va a recibir. It might be through a gentle whisper. Samuel, Samuel. It might be through a coronavirus. And right now, I'm going to ask you a question. Does God have your attention yet? I'm not talking to the world tonight. I'm talking to the church. Yo estoy hablando de la iglesia esta noche. Les pregunto, ¿tiene Dios tu atención ya? ¿O no? How many of you would say, yes, God's got my attention? He's had it for a little while now. I've been glued to the screen. I want to know what in the world is going on in our world. Si Dios tiene tu atención, es para algo. Listen, if God has your attention tonight, he's got the attention of the church in, in America. He's getting the attention of the world. Why? He's got something he wants to say to us. Quiere decirnos algo. He wants us to understand. And he says to Samuel, when finally Samuel is, learned, is taught uh, by, by his uh, high priest how to hear the voice of God and respond, the high priest says to him, when you hear the voice again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Cuando el sacerdote le enseña a Samuel, le dice, dile, cuando tú oigas esa voz, di, aquí, eme aquí, Señor, tu siervo escucha. God is getting the attention of the church. He's getting the attention of this nation. I don't know how long it's going to take. No sé cuánto tiempo esto vaya a ocurrir. Y que, cuáles cambios van a ocurrir. I don't know what changes are going to happen. I, I know we're seeing changes occur rapidly. Los, los cambios están ocurriendo rápidamente. But this doesn't scare me as much as it excites me to know that on the other side of this storm is an outpouring of the Spirit of God and a move of God such as this nation has not seen ever maybe and for sure in a long time. Say amen, somebody. And the church is being called by God. He wants our attention because he wants us to be prepared for what he's doing. Dios quiere que usted y yo estemos preparados para lo que Él está haciendo. And He tells Samuel, I am doing a work in Israel. Él le dice a Samuel, yo estoy para hacer una obra en Israel. He said, this thing's going to be so big that the ears, both ears of everyone who hears it are going to tingle. Now God is saying, You won't be able to ignore what I'm calling you to say. You won't be able to ignore my voice. And no one will be able to miss what God is saying. Uh, le dice a Samuel, yo voy a hacer algo que a uh, ambos oídos. That means God's going to have both. He's going to have my full attention. America's been listening to God with one ear, the church has, and to the world with the other. And God's saying, no, no, now, now I'm going to get your attention You're going to hear me out of both ears. Say amen, somebody. Does God have your attention tonight? He wants both ears. I know that's a funny expression, but uh, you just think about what God is saying. I don't have, I don't want half of you. I don't want half of your attention. I want you to hear what I'm going to say. And he says, I'm going to do a work. I believe tonight, this is a prophetic word. God says, I am doing a work in the world. 
What right does he have to do that? Well, it's his world. Se ha somebody. Él está haciendo una obra en el mundo. ¿Y qué derecho tiene? El mundo es de él. America is his. Esta nación le pertenece a él. And he's doing a work in America. Él está haciendo una, una obra en los Estados Unidos. And there's a shake-up going on. Hay, hay un desajuste que está ocurriendo. Y usted y yo, si nos enfocamos en lo natural, vamos a perder lo espiritual. If we, if we focus on what's going on in the natural, we're going to miss out on hearing and seeing what's going on in the spiritual. That's why you and I have to decide, I am a spirit, and I'm going to walk by the spirit. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to exercise spiritual principles. I'm not just going to exercise spiritual principles because the natural world is at peace. I'm going to exercise spiritual principles in every sphere of my life because what God is doing right now is bigger than the natural. It's bigger than the coronavirus. It's bigger than America. It's bigger than a generation. Listen, friend, God is up to something, and it's good. Dios está obrando en algo y esto es bueno. Now, here's three things we need to understand in the biblical perspective. Aquí están tres cosas que vamos a entender en la perspectiva espiritual. Number one, the coronavirus is the product of the fall. Número uno, el virus corona es el producto de la caída del hombre. God told Adam and Eve, in the day that you eat of this tree, You will surely die. Dios le dijo a Adán y Eva, el día que, uh, perdón, le dijo a Adán, he told Adam, in fact, uh, in the day you eat of this, you will surely die. El día que comieres de este árbol, ciertamente morirás. Now, Paul explains that in the book of Romans, and he says that because of sin, death came into the world. Pablo explica en Romanos que a través del pecado llegó uh, uh, la muerte al mundo. So Adam sinned, and his sin produced in the world death. El pecado de Adán produjo muerte en el mundo. That's why we see all kinds of deterioration and erosion and death of everything. Por eso es que vemos la, la erosión y la uh, destrucción y la corrupción de todo. You have a new car today? In a few years, it will be rust. Sorry to tell you that, but it's going to be rust because everything in this world is touched by the fall. Todo lo que usted tiene en este mundo es tocado por la caída del hombre. Usted tiene, tiene carro nuevo, un día va a enmojecer. Tiene casa nueva, un día va a decaer. Todo decae. Everything is, is corrupted by the nature of sin and death. The, the Apostle Paul calls it the reign of sin. Pablo le llama el reinado de la muerte. All right, so th that's why we see in this generation the coronavirus. That's why in, in 1918 we saw the Spanish flu. That's why they had the, uh, the cholera epidemics of the 1800s. That's why they had the, the bubonic plague. And all, all throughout history there have been plagues, there have been natural disasters, there have been things that occur in the human uh, experience because of The brokenness of this world. Por eso vemos esta epidemia, el, el virus corona. Por eso en el, hace 100 años vimos el, uh, el, el, la influencia española y luego también uh, el, el cólera y todas estas enfermedades que a través del tiempo han llegado al mundo. Esto es el efecto del pecado. Y esto no va a cambiar hasta que Cristo reine sobre la tierra. This is not going to change until Christ is reigning on the earth. And we need to understand that because sometimes we run into trials and we run into uh, troubles and we panic and we lose our mind and we say, oh, God's not in control anymore, friend. You live in a broken world, so expect broken things. That's why relationships break. That's why... Health breaks down. That's why we see all of the brokenness in the world because of sin. God didn't send the coronavirus. Adam unleashed the coronavirus at the fall. You understand that? The, these diseases that we see in the world, cancer and diabetes and everything else, that touches everybody. Because the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. 
These things touch everybody because we're all part of the same broken world. And when we understand that, we also understand that Jesus came to redeem the fall. Entendemos que Cristo vino no solamente uh, para, para venir, sino que vino para redimir la caída del hombre. I don't have the time to get into that tonight, but I just want to tell you that the Bible says that Jesus is the second Adam. Jesús es el siguiente Adán. Jesus did what Adam could not do. Adam came and his action, his sin, produced death for the whole world. Jesus came and his righteousness, his death on the cross, produced life for the whole world. So that the Bible says that by one man, sin came into the world and through the the, the next man, through Jesus, through the second Adam, life. Jesus has provided life for you. And if you don't know Jesus tonight, friend, you could have no hope in the midst of any kind of life unless you know Jesus. Because he's the redeemer of the brokenness of man. Jesucristo es el redentor del, del quebrantamiento del hombre. Así que si usted no tiene a Cristo, no tiene esperanza. But if you have Jesus, you have hope. Now, uh, we understand that it's very important. But here's number two, that the, this is the curse of the law. The coronavirus is the curse of the law. Uh, la virus corona, número dos, es parte de la maldición de la ley. Uh, the coronavirus is part of the curse of the law. It's not the entire thing, but it is part of it. Look at Deuteronomy uh, chapter 28. Vea a Deuteronomio capítulo 28, verso... 20. Look at Deuteronomy 28, 20. And, and you're going to understand that if you read the chapter 28 of Deuteronomy, the first part of the chapter is about blessings. The second part of the chapter, really more than probably two-thirds of the chapter, is about curses. Si usted lee el libro de Deuteronomio, Deuteronomio, la primera parte, una tercera parte más o menos, es bendición. La, la, la última parte es maldición. Everyone say blessing. Say curse. See, there's two sides you can live on. Diga, maldición, bendición. ¿Dónde quiere vivir? Pues en la bendición, pastor. Everybody wants to live in the blessing. Well, here's God's simple instruction to Israel. If you love me first and obey me, you'll have blessing going in, you'll have blessing going out, and none of the diseases of Egypt will come upon you. God says to Israel, listen, if you put me first, you love me, the effects of sin and the, the plagues of the fall won't be able to touch you. Le dice a Israel, si usted me sigue, si usted me obedece, vas a tener bendición entrando y bendición saliendo y las enfermedades de Egipto no te tocarán. So tonight, I just want you to understand, if you're living in relationship with God, you're under the blessing of God. Put a smile on your face. Smile at the future. God's got it. None of these plagues will come near your dwelling. And if they do, they can't touch your spirits. Amen, somebody. But here's the thing. God says, if you don't love me, if you don't obey me, then curses are going to come. Now, let's get this picture. Adam and Eve sinned. They put the whole world under a curse. All right, the curse exists because of the fall. Now imagine that this, we'll just use this example since it's right here. Imagine that this microphone is you. Imagínese que este micrófono es usted. And when Adam sinned, you came under the curse of sin. Cuando Adam pecó, usted vino bajo la maldición. Now that curse is on your life or my life. Ahora esa maldición está sobre su vida. But if you, if you live in the blessing, pero si usted vive en la bendición, if you will obey God and love him, si usted obedece a Dios, le sirve, he says, I will get between you and sin. I'll get between you and the curse. Él dice, yo voy a poner mi mano entre ti y la maldición. Say amen, somebody. He says, so if the curse wants to touch you, he's going to have to get past me first. Because Paul said, we're hidden with Christ in God. 
Amen, somebody. Él dice, uh, si la maldición va a tocar tu vida, primero tiene que pasar la bendición, porque estás escondido con Cristo en Dios. Are you understanding me? Now here's what happens. He says, you disobey me. If you disregard me, you take me out of your life. I have to take my hand away. And now you're under the curse again. Si usted no me busca, si usted no me ama, entonces yo muevo mi mano y quedas de nuevo bajo la maldición. So when, when we see plagues come, people say, oh, God did this to America. God did this to the world. No, friends. When the world rejects God, when America rejects God, the only thing left is the curse. And this is what God says. He says in Deuteronomy 28, verse 20, The Lord will send upon you curse, confusion, and rebuke in all that you undertake to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds. Because you have what? Forsaken me. You need to underline that in your Bible. You forsake God. These are the things that come. Curse, confusion, rebuke. Verse 21, the Lord will make the pestilence cling to you until he has consumed you from the land where you are entering to possess it. And the Lord will smite you with consumption and with fever and with inflammation and with fiery heat and with the sword and with the blight and with mildew. And they will pursue you until you perish. The coronavirus is part of the curse of the law. El virus corona es parte de la maldición de la ley. You following me? So it's the result of the fall and it's the result of rejecting God. Es la, el resultado de la, de la caída del hombre y es el resultado de rechazar a Dios. Now what, what we're seeing in the coronavirus is not God sending a judgment, but rather by removing his hand, there's nothing to stop. The curse. Cuando rechazamos a Dios y Él mueve su mano, no hay nada para detener la maldición. Now, I just got a little uh, analogy because in, in Britain, there are a couple of royals who decided they didn't want to be royals anymore. But they wanted to keep royal privileges. And the monarch said, you don't want to be a royal, you don't get to have royal privileges. You follow me? Because what have I told you? If you want to live like everyone else, you'll live like everyone else. If you want to say yes to God, you'll have royal privileges. You'll have royal protection. Say amen, somebody. If, you, if America or any nation says, I don't want God. I don't want God to tell me how to live or who to marry or what to love or what not to love. I don't want any of that. Then God says, okay, then, then you can't have royal protection or royal privileges. Now here's number three. The coronavirus is a sign of the age. Número tres, el virus corona es una señal de la edad en la cual vivimos. It's a sign of the end of the age. Es una señal del fin de esta edad. You and I today are living in what we call the church age or the age of grace. Usted y yo hoy vivimos en la época, la edad de la gracia, la edad de la iglesia. The church age is going to end at the rapture of the church. La, la edad de la gracia va a terminar con el arrebatamiento de la iglesia. Listen, if you're not a believer today, let me just tell you something. If the church is still on the earth, you still have time. You need to make decisions tonight about whether you're going to serve the Lord or not. Because one of these days, the, the church is going to be raptured out of the world. And your time will be up. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. You're living in the church age. You're li we're living in the age of grace. 
That means God has set up a point in time in which he's going to save the Gentile nations. Es un tiempo en el cual Dios va a salvar las naciones gentiles. Now go with me to Luke chapter 21. Vaya por favor a Lucas 21. Are you learning something tonight? Está aprendiendo algo. Now listen, Luke 21 is, is important for us to, to read a little bit here. Vamos a leer un poco aquí. Porque esto es muy importante. This, this last few weeks, I have felt like two things. One, I have felt like I was living in a movie. Anybody else feel like that? And two, I have felt like I was living in the Bible. Anybody else feel like that? We're living in movie time and in Bible time. But where do the movies get their ideas? Well, they got them from the Bible. Listen, Luke chapter 21 and verse 7. Lucas 21, verso 7. They questioned him saying, Teacher, when therefore will these things happen? And what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? They're asking him about the end times. ¿Cuándo va a ocurrir esto? ¿Cuál es la señal? He said to them, See to it that no one mislead you, for many will come in my name saying, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and disturbances, do not be terrified. For these things must take place. But the end does not follow immediately. Are you reading with me? Then he continued by saying to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes and various places and plagues and famines. And there will be terrors. And great signs from heaven. Listen to that word terror. Because the word terror there is the word fear. Panic. What you're seeing in the world today right now is a sign of the age. Not just the plague, but the fear. And the panic that comes with it. He says, but, but before these things come, they will lay their hands on you and will persecute you delivering you to the synagogues and prisons, bringing you before kings and governors for my name's sake. Now, let me just give you three, pardon, four categories for the signs of the end of the age. Cristo aquí nos da cuatro categorías de las señales del fin de la edad. Ready? Here they are. False prophets, falsos profetas, número uno, la guerra, war, number two, natural disasters, number three, and persecution, number four. La, la a falsos Cristo, número uno, guerra, número dos, la des, destrucción natural, número tres, y la persecución, número cuatro. Now, a lot of people think, well, I couldn't go to church tonight, so there must be persecution in America. No, I don't really think that's what we're going, that's what's going on here. I take our government's word uh, for, for truth. When they ask us to stay home, and not because they don't want us to pray, it's because they want to keep us safe. All right, so I don't think this is persecution, but that day is coming. What are the four things? False prophets saying, I'm the Christ, or else saying, this is the end time, follow me. We've seen this a lot. And then he says, war. Nation, rising against nation. Have we seen that? Absolutely. And then natural disaster. Yes, we're seeing that right now. And, and look at the, the things that are mentioned there. He says there's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be plagues. Underline these things. Earthquakes, plagues, famines, terror, and great signs in the heavens. And then persecution. Now, I want you to look at those, those four things. Because you're going to say to me, Pastor... There's always been war, there's always been plagues, there's always been false preachers, false prophets, and there's always been persecution. How are these signs? Well, they're signs in that they all come together. Estas señales, usted me va a decir, Pastor, siempre ha habido guerra, siempre ha habido persecución, siempre ha habido pestilencias y plagas siempre ha habido falsos cristos que es, que es nuevo porque son señales las señales que llegan juntas 
The thing is, they come together. Now, I want you just to think about, and for those of you who are younger, maybe millennials and uh, those who are even younger, the, the generation after millennials, you might think this is natural in the world, but, but we are seeing an increase more and more of these things. Can I just list for you what has happened in the last couple of weeks? In the last couple of weeks, tornadoes yesterday in Mississippi and Alabama. Terrible tornadoes in Nashville and in Tennessee. Uh, that was yesterday, March 25th. March 10th, the, the tornadoes in uh, Nashville. Salt Lake City earthquake, March 22nd. Yesterday, seven earthquakes in Oklahoma. That's Brother Dale's stomping grounds right there. Seven earthquakes in one day. Do you guys have a lot of earthquakes in Oklahoma? Not normally, yeah. Africa, swarms of locusts. And what do locusts do? They devour every green thing. Look it up. These headlines are on your Facebook right now, somewhere. They're in your phone if you just look them up. These headlines have happened in just the last few days. And then, of course, the coronavirus, which has dominated the entire world. Pastor, are you telling me this is the end of the days? What I'm telling you is that these signs are going to continue to come, and they're going to continue to come more and more rapidly at the end of the age. Because Romans chapter 8.22 tells us that the creation is in birth pains. And birth pains come one time and then another time and another, but sooner or later the time gets closer and closer and the pain comes more and more rapidly. I don't know where, all, where exactly we are in that point, but I'm telling you, we are seeing signs of the end. Now what, what are these signs for? We're seeing them get closer together, aren't we? War and devastation and Fear, all these things are accumulating all at the same time. This is what God is saying. Number one, signs are a proof of the authority and authenticity of the scriptures. Número uno, las señales son prueba de la autoridad y lo auténtico de la palabra de Dios. Cuando usted ve la palabra de Dios y ve las señales, usted entiende, la palabra de Dios es auténtica. When you see the word of God, and you see these signs, you realize God's word is truth. It's authentic. And, and this is so that the world will know that God didn't put in this book just any old thing. But he has prophesied history in advance. Dios te ha dicho la historia en avance. God has already written the history book. It's the Bible. Dios ha escrito la historia del mundo y está en la palabra de Dios. So Christian, don't be out there panicking like everybody else. Come on, read your Bible. If God saw it coming, you see it coming. Number two, these signs are a mark. La, la, la señal es una, número dos, es una marca. La señal es una marca de el que está con Dios y el que no está con Dios. The, the mark, pardon, the signs are a mark or, or a token of who belongs to God and who doesn't belong to God. Listen, when, when everyone around town is out there buying and hoarding toilet paper and water and disinfectant and you remain calm and peaceful, and in faith, there's a difference in that. And God is saying, that's mine, that's not mine. You follow me? Cuando todo el mundo está en pánico, y usted no entra en pánico, usted calmado, va y compra lo que necesita, va y busca lo que necesita, entra en la fe, no se preocupa, usted es una señal, esto es una señal, que Dios está diciendo, este es mío, este no es mío. Está siguiendo esta noche. There ought to be a difference in your reaction to coronavirus and the reaction of the world. Tiene que haber una diferencia entre la manera que usted responde 
a este virus y la manera que el mundo responde. ¿Por qué? Porque usted es hijo de Dios. Why? Because you're a child of God. Say amen if you're a child of God. Therefore, the signs around us start sifting. Las señales comienzan a, a limpiar, a separar. Esto es de Dios, esto no es de Dios. Esto es mío, esto no es mío. Number three, signs are a warning to unbelievers. Número tres, las señales es una, una alarma al no creyente. Listen, God is sounding the alarm in the world. He's getting the world's attention. He's sounding an alarm in the world. Está uh, sonando la alarma en el mundo para que el mundo le dé su atención a Dios. And America, if God is warning you, if he's sending signs to get your attention tonight, it's because he loves you. Because he wants your spirit to be eternally with him. He doesn't want you separated from him. These signs are occurring as a warning to the world that your time is running out. Even in, even in the athletic world, they give you a two-minute warning. I believe the coronavirus is God giving you a two-minute warning. He's saying, get ready. The clock is ticking. It's time to seek God. And number four, these signs are a message to believers. Estas señales son un mensaje número cuatro al creyente. They're a warning to the world, but they're a message to you. Es un mensaje a ti. How, how determined is God to get this message across? Because the, the world, the church, has been hearing him say, Samuel, Samuel, but many haven't heard him. But he's gotten our attention tonight. He's given us a message, and right here in Luke, in Luke chapter 21, he gives us the three-part message. Look at verse 13. Aquí está el mensaje en tres partes. Número uno, en verso 13. Jesus says, when all of these things are happening, earthquakes and and plagues and tornadoes, all these things happening. What should you do? Panic, fear, run, hoard. What should you do? He says, verse 13. It will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. ¿Qué dice el Señor? Esto es oportunidad para tu testimonio. Everybody say, I have a testimony. Todos digan, yo tengo un testimonio. Listen, this is an opportunity for the church such as you and I have not known in our lifetime. An opportunity for the witness of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Esta es una oportunidad tremenda para el testimonio del evangelio del Señor Jesucristo. It's time to testify. Es tiempo de testificar. If you have anything to do this week, tell somebody about Jesus. Tell somebody about the love of God. Share the gospel with people. And if you're going to share anything, share Christ. Share Jesus with the world, friend. The testimony of the blood of Jesus, the testimony of the saints, the testimony of the word of God, the testimony of your experience with God is not a passing matter. It is life to somebody desperately needed in this world. Tu testimonio no es para nada. Have you been through hard times? Those hard times were given to you to prepare you for this time so that you might see the opportunity to bear witness of the name and power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to become an evangelistic church. Tenemos que ser una iglesia evangelística. A church that points the world to Jesus. Una iglesia que apunta hacia Jesús. Then right there in the same verse, uh, verse 14, luego en el verso 14, second part of the message, he says, so make up your mind not, uh, make up your minds not to 
Prepare beforehand to dis defend yourselves against this persecution. Les dice, haz tu mente, o determinate. Tell your neighbor, make up your mind. You know what God's telling the church right now? Make up your mind. Would you give me on the screen, please, Rome, Revelation 22:11? ¿Qué dice Apocalipsis 22, 11? ¿Qué está diciendo Dios hoy? De, haz tu mente, ya determínate, decidete. Decidete. It's time to decide. Look what God says at the end. In Revelation 22, 11. Let the one who does wrong still do wrong. And the one who is filthy still be filthy. And let the one who is righteous still practice righteousness. And the one who is holy still keep himself holy. God is calling to you today. He's calling to the church. He's saying, look, it's time to make up your mind. You're going to serve me or not? If you're going to be righteous, be righteous still. If you're going to serve me, serve me still. If you're going to live in sin, go on living in sin. But it's time to decide. The games are over. The game is over. The game is up. Ya se acabó el juego. Es tiempo de decidir. El justo que sea justo aún. Y el impío que siga en, en, en su maldad, en su, en su, uh, en su pecado. Pero ya es tiempo de decidir. To the lukewarm church, to the lukewarm Christian, to the lukewarm preacher, to the lukewarm pastor, God says, make up your mind. It's time to serve the Lord. Es tiempo de servir a Dios. Here's the third part of the message in verse 28. Tercer parte del mensaje, el verso 28. When you see these things begin to take place, are we seeing them begin to take place? Are we seeing them begin to take place? What should you do? Here's the third part of the message. Straighten up. Sounds like a mama, doesn't it? Straighten up. But it doesn't actually mean straighten up in the sense that it's corrective. It is. That's obviously God's desire for you. But it means get excited. It's like this. You're at a, an award ceremony, graduation night, high school graduation. And your name's like mine. You start with a D. And they get to the A's, a little relaxed. B's, okay. C's, you start getting excited. You start straightening up because your name is about to get called. God says, straighten up. Get excited. Get elated. He doesn't say get gloomy and weary and sad and walk around with tears in your eyes. Look up. Straighten up and look up because your redemption draws near. ¿Qué dice? Levántate. Esa palabra es con entusiasmo. Anímate. No estés triste y angustiado y qué voy a hacer, qué vas a hacer, no. Anímate y mira hacia arriba. Look up, lift up your head because your redemption is drawing near. Oh, friends, our redemption is drawing near. It's time to look up. It's time to get excited and look up because God has a plan for you. He has a plan for me. He has a plan for every one of his children. And he has a plan for this world. And I believe that before the end of this age, we're going to see a return to God. We're going to see a revival and outbreak of the Spirit of God such as we have never seen before. It's time to look up. What does look up mean? First of all, it means to look up expect him to come back we are expecting his return but look up also means pray 
Lift your head up to God and pray. Start praying for America. Start praying for your neighbors. Start praying for your city. Start praying for Beville. Pray for the nations of the world. Look up because our redemption is drawing near. Our day of redemption is secure. We know where we're going. We've got to pray. We've got to witness that the world may know Jesus. That all who are around us may understand that God wants their attention tonight. And tonight, God is saying to the church, he's calling for our attention. It's time for you and I to say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Right where you are, I want you to bow your head. And I want you in your heart to make room for the Spirit of God to speak. Maybe you're on quarantine tonight so that God can speak. Just tell him, speak, Lord. Your son is listening. Your daughter's listening. Instead of fear, choose faith tonight. Instead of panic, instead of running, stand. Walk by faith. Instead of giving your attention to every news source, give it to God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before the throne of grace. And we thank you because you have given us your word. Your word is eternal and unchanging. And tonight, the effects of the fall, the power of the curse, has been broken because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that, the, that Jesus, by his blood, broke the curse of the law. And so tonight, as your children, we have the right to claim healing for our nation from the coronavirus and to claim healing for our bodies from the coronavirus because we are free from the curse of the law because of the blood of Jesus. And tonight, by faith, we open our hearts and our ears to say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Your church is listening tonight. Let us not be deaf to the voice of the Spirit of God. To you be the praise and the glory forevermore. Amen. Amen. Get excited, church. God is up to something good. You are under the covering of his wings. No weapon formed against you will prosper. God will keep his word to you as he has promised. He'll see you through this storm and every storm hereafter because he is your father.